0: Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jeff. It is uh, Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, and we're recording Cut for Time. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: I'm fine. I'm thankful for the sunshine. It's cold, but it's lovely when you're inside. So Jeff, why don't you go ahead and give us a summary from your sermon on Sunday?
1: Yeah, so this 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 is Galatians 5, 1 through 6. And the passage itself is kind of a summary, in a sense. It's Paul, you sort of almost get that from his intro in verse two where, you know, look, I, Paul, I'm saying this to you. It's, it's kind of him in a sense, bringing together everything he's been getting at for the last four chapters and saying, okay, listen, let me tell you, let me remind you, this is what is really important. If you, if you don't get anything else from what I've been saying, get this. Mm -hmm. And that's where he drives home this point again of how it is for freedom that Christ has set us free and, taking on any of those outward markers of religiosity or being a good person or following the law are actually a slavery. It, it, it may be the goal may be something good, like mm. godliness and obeying God's law. Paul's like, yeah, that, the law is actually good. But when it becomes the thing that gives me identity or righteousness or you know makes me feel better about myself, that's bondage, Paul says. And that's what Jesus has come to set us free from. Because, uh, you know, taking this step, Paul says, if you're going to head down that road and, and look to the law or law keeping or some symbol or right or whatever, as your you know, marker of belonging to Jesus, Christ will be of no advantage to you. You're going to have to end up keeping the whole law you've disconnected yourself from Jesus and and you've fallen away from grace because you're falling back to keeping the law to gain something before God. Mm -hmm. But the spirit who lives in us tells us and and we cling to Jesus by faith that we are waiting for the hope of the the work that God will bring about in us. The the promise that we, we really will be like Jesus. And all those things on the externals that we look at don't matter, Paul's saying. What matters is faith working through love. The the life of faith that Jesus lived out that we received by faith, and now the Spirit is at work in us to reproduce that life of uh, grace-based love, loving obedience. And now Paul's going to talk in the next few chapters about, okay, so what does that look like in, in some detail?
0: Mm-hmm. But sure. yeah,
1: it's, it's kind of a, a summary of a summary in a sense.
0: Yes. And that's how I felt. That's what I thought when I was looking at the, um, looking at the text that it really was all right, here's the point, you know, like here's a summary. So my question for you then is if it is a summary of sorts, does that make a uh, a passage or a sermon easier to preach on or more difficult? Because it could go either way. It's like, man, I have my times if I talked about this, you know, how do I get new material? Or is it, um, you know, a lot easier? I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, in some ways, I, I do feel like it's a little more challenging, because as you're thinking through this, you're like, wow, this sounds really familiar. We've heard this before. Or boy, you know, how do I how do I communicate this in a way that hopefully will connect with people? And maybe you just acknowledge, okay, it, it doesn't have to be new. It it doesn't it doesn't have to be fresh or some dynamic new way. It's the the power of the repetition in a sense. Like we learned our multiplication tables, we memorized, you know, the alphabet song and you we drill those things in hopefully enough uh, so that it. I think Paul's trying to get it to become kind of second nature. And so there's, yeah, maybe it's even just saying, well, you know, that's not necessarily so bad that we're covering re-examining something that we've we've gone over before. Um, so yeah, it it should have sounded familiar. And in a sense, you know, if you if you were gonna kind of overview Galatians this would be one of the places you'd probably point people to this first part of chapter five where he's in a sense again sort of bringing together all the arguments and the different ways he's explored this law and gospel dynamic and tension over the last four chapters and he's mm-hmm. saying okay sort of like Paul sort of pauses and he takes a deep breath and he's like okay guys let me just bullet point this for you. Here is what I want you to take away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it can be challenging to to feel like we've got to do that in a new creative way. But at the same time, maybe you don't expect that it's it's going to be new and different. And maybe if it is totally new and different, you I've done something wrong.
0: <laughs> the previous
1: sermons. Yeah. Or this
0: one, I guess either. Or this one, right? It's like,
1: yeah. wait a minute, where'd that come from? We've never heard that in Galatians before. Sure. Yeah. Like, oh that's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, So I guess, tell us where we're headed in the book of Galatians. We've got a few more um, like two full months still of studying this book. And you said we're transitioning now to how we live this out.
1: Yeah. We talked a little bit about that theological language that some, you know, maybe we've run across the indicatives and the imperatives, the, the, This is, you know, the indicative is what is true. Here's the statement of reality. And the imperative is, so what do we do about it? And obviously there's something to do with everything we hear in God's word, but Paul's letters tend to follow that kind of general pattern. And he spent a good bit of time trying to lay the groundwork of who we are and how we relate to God, especially through the law versus through grace in Christ. And But now he's turning more intentionally to what this looks like when we start living it out, especially as we live it out in community. Because, again, you know, the thing for us to remember going forward is, of course, we're Americans and, and we tend to be pretty individualistic. And, you know, when we hear things like it's for freedom, Christ has set us free, we filter that as Americans through our American ideas of freedom. And, and that means, well, nobody can tell me what to do, right? Like freedom means I have absolutely no constraints and that's not exactly what Paul's getting at. So he's going to start showing us in the next chapter is like what this faith working through love freedom looks like. Mm-hmm. And we're not just reading this as individuals, but we're reading it as people in a community. He's writing this, remember, to a community. He's writing it actually to a group of churches in Southern Galatia, in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Uh, so he's he's writing it to these church congregations about how to live together as God's people in light of this freedom that Christ has brought us into. That, uh, you know, I, I think back to the passage from the Psalms, where the psalmist says, you have set my heart free to run in the path of your commands. And I, you know, again, maybe for us as Americans, that just sounds weird, right? Like to run in the path of someone's commands, that doesn't sound like freedom, right? But it actually is freedom. If that's what we were created to do, like we were created to know God and relate to him in a certain way. And something has gone wrong. We we're like trains that have gone off the tracks Mm -hmm. and God through the gospel and through the renewing work of Christ and new life in him is putting us back on the tracks and enabling us to actually run in the direction he's created us to. Again, not just as individuals, but as people together, because that's what these next couple of chapters are largely about. Not just how I individually follow Jesus, but what does love in community look like for the people of God? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's where we're going to go for the next couple of chapters. Uh, okay. How do we live? How do we live out this freedom in responsible, loving, uh, Jesus obeying, Jesus following ways?
0: Yep. Super. Thanks, Jeff. Is there anything yeah. that you had to cut for time on Sunday?
1: So no, I wouldn't say I really had to cut anything for time, but maybe a, a thought if we're thinking about application and, and what we do with this is I think we all kind of get the idea that, you know, like going crazy and, and living this, you know, wild lifestyle, uh, like the, like the prodigal, the younger son and the prodigal son parable, like, yeah, we get that. We can, we can see how that's a kind of slavery, right? Like we become addicted. We, we harm ourselves, uh, you know, through just living out our heart's desires. I think what Paul's getting at here is is this is almost the message to the older brother in the prodigal in the in the parable of the prodigal right like and we have a lot harder time thinking how obedience and trying to do good could also be a kind of slavery not because again the god's laws are bad but because when it becomes a mark of pride or a badge of identity or the thing that sets me apart as, you know, a real Christian or really good Christian. That's what Paul's getting at. Cause that's exactly what's going on here in Galatia. These people are not like going off crazy. This is not like first Corinthians, right? Where, where people just living wild lifestyles coming out of paganism and, and they're going crazy. And Paul has to say, Hey guys, like this is obviously way out of bounds. These are people who are, uh, you know, being called to an obedience to God that seems like it's life-giving and seems like it's honoring Jesus, but the motivation behind it is actually really destructive and leads to slavery and actually disconnecting ourselves from Jesus, Paul says. And Mm -hmm. that's the part that I think we really have to take some time to think about what does that look like in my life? Are there ways that my goodness, my obedience could actually be dangerous in terms of what it lets me think about myself? Um, One one of the things I talked about in the sermon is, you know, you cannot be a little bit righteous. (laughs) It's either the righteousness of Jesus or my righteousness. And that's what Paul is wanting to drive home. It's it's all or nothing. Uh, like I'm either a little bit alive or I'm dead. Um, yeah, I was
0: convicted when you said a little bit pregnant because I say that all the time in my pregnancies. I'm like, well, I'm not that pregnant. <laughs> I say that all the <laughs> time. I'm like,
1: yeah, no. and and of course, you know, obviously they're they're uh, men and women who've gone through uh, pregnancy loss, and so I, I hope that didn't come across as painful or inconsiderate to anyone. But you know, it's just it's a common saying. Um, and, and, but I think that's what Paul's getting at is you, you can't be a little bit righteous. Like it, that, that's such a dangerous road to head down. Paul is saying, you've got to cling to Jesus alone. And that's what actually sets you free. Uh, because he, he wants to take the burden off of our backs that, that we often put on ourselves of being the responsible, righteous, older sibling in the parable, Right. Look at all that I've done for you. Look at how I've obeyed. Look at how good I am, especially compared to those other people. And whether that's about the the doctrines that we hold or, you know, the things that we accept or the things that we reject, Paul's not saying those things are bad in themselves, but be super careful that that doesn't become the marker, the, the measure of how much you love God or how much God loves you or how good you're doing as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Make it about Jesus, Paul says. And, And out of that freedom, you'll actually be more alive to live to follow Jesus and reflect more of his righteousness and grace and love than when we're trying to do it based on how good I think I'm doing.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithlovedout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.